Lessons from the lay Parshas Vayera. I think a really, really important and beautiful idea. It's funny because on Friday, on Friday, uh, I shared a vort on the mini lessons from the lay from Rav Yitzhak Ronis's Parsha share that I listen to every week. I go to Baruch Hashem when I'm here, and uh, he spoke about the uh, introduction to a different part of our lives. We reel from the fight of the brothers. We feel, we reel from the beginning of time when Cain and Hevel, uh, when there's a death of a brother, right? When Hevel is killed, all because the brother's jealous. And then we suffer from the continuation of brotherly hate. Esav and Yaakov, which mom is last until Parshas Vayechi, when he's about to be buried. And, and no, Shmuel, one could argue with Shmuel as well, and Yitzhak. And certainly Yosef and the brothers, there's no worse brotherly hate than that, which we reel from today. That's part of the Senes Chinam that we reel from today. And then all of a sudden comes onto the scene Moshe and Ara. And we see something really interesting. We see something like no other brothers. They love each other. Moshe last week's parasha doesn't want to take the mantle. And then we see that he does because his brother says, no, it's okay. Aaron HaKohen was leading the Jewish people at this point. But then we see a series of psukim that are, I think, quite famous in showing the relationship between the two. And the Pasuk tells us as follows. When we're describing the, um, what is about to happen now, of course, um, not just, there, there's two sides to what's about to happen, Right? In the schus of it, things move very, very quickly now in our parshios, right? All of a sudden, these 210 years are in like three parshios. And B'nai Yisrael is told, we're going to get you out of Mitzrayim. Then Paro is told, we, you know, let my people go. And the Pesach says, Hu Aaron v'Moshe, Asher Omar Hashem lahem hotzeh B'nai Yisrael mi'eretz Mitzrayim. Al tivosam. Okay. Then it says, Haim Hamadabram, the next Pasuk, El Paro, Melech Mitzrayim, Lahotzi's Bene Yisrael Mi Mitzrayim, Hu Moshe Aaron. So all the Mephorshim point to the fact that the first Pasuk says Aaron first, and the second Pasuk puts Moshe first. Why? What's going on over here? So Rashi quips on this Pasuk and tells us the following thing. He says, Why does it say Hu Moshe Aaron? Sheruskano Lamala, Shaleda Yochevet Lemiriam. Okay, so he was first. The Michilta tells us they're equal. Now, this is very cute, and we like to tell kids this in Gan, and we tell the kids this, and we're like, oh, you see, they're all equal. So, but they weren't equal. Moshe was the Nevi'im of all Nevi'im. What are you talking about over here? So, the easiest answer to the Michilta to Rashi is yeah, we all have a tough kid in life. Nobody ever will say to you, why are you not the Chavitz Chaim? What happened to you? Why are you not, I don't know, the Peleoites? <laughs> why are you not the Rambam, as your site was, was on Friday? Why are you not, nobody's going to say this. Why are you not you? So that's a beautiful idea. Ramosha finds and gives two additional reasons, which I just found in the art school, Gemara, in the, in the art school here. His participation was indispensable to Moshe's success. Right? Even when he goes to speak to Paro Melech Mitzrayim, Aral Svasayim. And the first Makos that we're going to see 
right? The first few makos, who does them? Aaron has to do them, because And number two, says Ramosha Feinstein, he achieved the absolute maximum potential just as Moshe did. In Hashem's scale, the achievement measures your potential. Nobody asks you to be a Moshe Rabbeinu. Very, very important lesson. No question about it. No question about it. Let's delve into this a little bit more deeply. So we saw Rashi. We saw Rav Moshe Feinstein's parish. Good. Let's continue. I got a number of different Purushim, if you'll delve together with me. So we say like this. Rashi, now the Chizkuni. Who Moshe the Aaron, Heicha Davka Betodos, Hiktim Aram the Moshe, could say the Shinoldo. Maybe it's just talking about their Seder, the way that they were born. You have to show Kadima. So the first Apsukim that described this say, well, Aaron was first. And showed such a brotherly love, they didn't really care. But Moshe says to Aaron, no, 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 you go first. And then you say, I don't know if you've ever seen this before. I've had this wonderful occurrence. If you've ever happened to walk in with Rav Machlis, ah, it's fun. Machlis, you, know, you go first. Then you go, Rav Machlis, you go first. Then you go first. Then you go first. And then he'll say a pasuk you never heard before. And you're like, um, I don't know. Well, okay, does that mean I have to go first? I don't know. Or, you know, I'll say to him, you have Svarim, Svarim go first. He goes, ah, you know, but, you know, each Sadiq tamim haya bedor I'm like, what? You know, we go in, then, then there's a pasuk now on the door. You know, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> so that's true. There was that issue that they were together. Says the Chassam Soifer. He asked our question. He says, what do you mean they were equal? They weren't equal. There was a Milo. These two were, 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 I don't want to say opposites, but they had two very different Midois. Aaron Akoyin, when Aaron Akoyin dies, what happens to Rabbi Isai? The nation has a Bechia. A Bechia like you don't even know. That's how we get Shloshim. They cry for 30 days. Because Aaron's effect that he had on the nation, right? The famous story would go to the, the, the husband and say, I just spoke to your wife. She wants to take you out for dinner. They want to work everything out. She would go to the right, wife and say, I just spoke to your husband. And they would go out to dinner and like, wait, you didn't? You didn't? And they would love each other and everything would work out very, very well. When it came to talking about B'nai Yisrael, Aaron went first, says the Chassam Soifer, because according to him, who he's loved much more. Because Aaron had a, the beat of the pulse, it was a real a Rav, what a Rav is supposed to be. Rav Shachter was pointing out something very, very integral and very important. He said that part of the problem of people going to different sources from Sakh Halacha, whether they be a Yuetzet Halacha or Stam, another Rav, is that the Rav of their shul doesn't know the full picture. And when you paskin Halacha, you, as Rav Aaron Salvechik would say, you have logic of the mind and logic of the heart. You don't just paskin Halacha and open up a Mishnah Bruna, a Shachan and say, this is the way it is, nice to Kalim, da 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 da. You need to know the person. Rav Yosef Dov Alevi Salvechik's famous. Hesbade from Chaim Orger Gudensky, one of the greatest Gedolim, the great Gadol of the generation before us in Europe. He said that he was so amazing in what he did. It wasn't just the Torah knowledge. He was like the Kohen Gadol, who had the tzitz on the head and the choshen, because he knew the heart of the issue. You need to have both. That was Aaron, says the Chassam Soifer. That's what Aaron signified. This important nature 
this this oneness of the nation. And therefore, in this Pasuk, we're actually talking about, there are two Pasukim here. The first Pasuk is talking to B'nai Yisrael. Then Aaron went first. And then you have the second Pasuk, which is Moshe talking to Paro. Then Moshe goes first. That's what Sam Soifer says, right? That he had to go first. He was able to, to, to converse with them. That's the Moshe that we know. That's the Moshe of the Nisim Vinaflas. That's the Moshe There's no Navi like him. Very beautiful. On the same idea, the Chasam Soifer is the idea of the Mahari Asad. The Mahari Asad, what a wonderful Sefer called the Chazun Yishayahu. And there he says the following thing. Yeshinu Lashon B'Psukim, as we said, and he says, I'll tell you why. Kashir Hayah Daber in Paro, Atzmo, L'zeh Yoser Machshir Moshe L'Rabbeinu, Ki Al Yidei, Shigadu B'Beis HaMelech. Moshe Rabbeinu, excuse me, took, he was a kid, last week's parasha. He was brought up in the Paro's palace. So when he walked in, it wasn't only that he knew Paro very well, right? Even if it wasn't that, he knew it. He would come, he goes, it's Moshele. You named me. Your daughter named me. With all due respect, but he, he had a Goisha name, if you will. His name was Moshe. Right? He didn't walk in there and say, it's, hey, it's me, Tuvia. It's me, a Vigder. It's Viggy. No, Moshe. So already Paro would see him and say, oh, I remember you, little kid. Remember that story? Ah, the Midrash of Amos story with the coal and the... That's you, yeah. That's how you got around some Messiah. That was me. But when Moshe would go to B'nai Yisrael, says, the Maria Saad says, I don't understand. They would say, who's this guy? This guy that lives in the palace all of his life with the silver spoon in his mouth? He knows? He knows anything about us? Yeah, he came out. We know last week's parasha, and he saw two, a Jew was fighting with a, with a yeah, and we know the story of the, the Egyptian and the Jew. Yeah, okay, Yishkoyach. But that's not it, says the Mahari Asad. Aaron knows us. Aaron knows who we are. But Mishalahem, he's ours, he's one of ours. There's a, there's a, I don't know, you probably don't know this, right? There's a, a term that the Israeli kids, when they're playing, right, when a kid, when one of the kids in their class gets an award and, it's, and they pick the kid from the class, they start singing the chant, Mishalano, Mishalano, he's one of us. They wanted one of us, and that's why Aaron spoke to them. They knew Aaron, Aaron was their leader. Aaron was, as the Chassam Soifer says, curing all of their Shalom bias issues. You don't know what it is to be an Eved. That was what Aaron did. And now we can understand who Aaron Umoisha. When it was Paro, right? So, so, so this beautiful idea. They had to because it was when you're in a situation. Well, who's the better one? This is often husband and wives. This is great—a great chinuch lesson. You go, you 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 
you talk to the boy. In this specific instance, he's going to listen to you better. You've been in that situation, so you speak to him. Right? The kid's not doing well in yeshiva. He's got six rabbeim. So they pick the rabbi who could, in this specific inyan, will be better. Right? So it's similar to what, to what the, um, the chasam soifers say. There's an instance where the Aaron was a better orator to B'nai Yisrael because he, he gets us. And then there was the Moshe side of it when it came to Paro. He lived in Mitzrayim. Not only says the Yasad that he knew, it was, it was even deeper than that. He understood the noblemen. He understood the Chartumim. He understood how to respond to them because he saw them every single day of his life. He knew how to respond. That was certainly part of the situation. And as the Hey McDover says, Godel Moshe Mi'aron, Shu Yodo Shemo Everybody knew him. He might have, quote unquote, gone off the derech and left and went to uh, Midian, the Chulu, but they all knew him. So he had much more of an effect on them, for sure. And I think that this is a very, very important point when we speak about uh, this inyan. Why? Because what's the lesson, Rabbi Yisai? The lesson is very, very clear. The lesson is, who are we in life? What are my goals? What does Hashem want of us? And oftentimes, we sell ourselves short. And what do we say to ourselves? Eh, it's not my tafket. Who am I? Let's be honest, I'm sheer bet. A year ago, I was sheer aleph. A year ago, I was in exactly the same situation that many of the Talmidim and sheer aleph are in. I'm going to help them? Who am I? And I often say this, and I think this is such emes lamito. You have, could have more of an effect than I will have. Because when I sit with the Talmud, and I try to talk to him about how he's wasting his year and his parents... Thirty-something thousand dollars. He says, "What do you know? Who, who, what are you, loser? What did you went to Israel in the nineteen forties? Like, who are you? You don't even know. You don't understand what year in Israel is." But imagine somebody sits with him who says, "I was literally in the same chair a year ago. I was there. Look what I became now. I'm still working on myself." What does the What does the Talmud say? Michelanu. He's, he's one of ours. He's one of us. I get it. And I'll think of the flip side. And now the boy says, you know what? Eureka. We figured something out. But he says, the only way it's going to be helped is if the yeshiva will help me in this and this this way. So now what happens on the flip side? The Talmud goes to the Rebbe and he says, okay, I think I'm helping this boy. I'm going to have a chavusa with him. But he needs this and this help from the yeshiva. So now the boy's not going to cut. The boy's job isn't to, to help out. Now he has to find the right rebbe to get that done. That's klal yisrael Everyone has their task. It is unique. On the college campus, a guy that went sheer bet can have such an effect on other people. Much more than the rebbe who comes there on a one-off and looks like a rabbi. It's not going to work. Oftentimes, kiruv works much better. Not from the Chabad rabbi who has the long beard, but from a regular person who says, let's just have some regular time together. 
I went to a shear on Friday night, speaking about a, a just part of the shear, but a machlekes in general. It was a machlekes between the Chabad Hasidim and the Satmar Hasidim. When the mitzvah tank started, and they started putting tefillin on people, right? So we know that Chabad's klal is, they're non-judgmental. They don't go ahead and go to a guy, what, you're putting tefillin on now? Look at you. You have all these, you have these tattoos on, your chatzitzas up to the wazoo. Wow, what are you doing? Let's be honest. You're not even wearing a what, are you, what am I wasting my time for? You're not going to put tefillin on ever again. Non-judgmental. You go to the middle of Thailand somewhere, you go to Mozambique, you go to whatever, on the moon, and there's a Chabad house there. And you come only for Friday night. They don't say, no, 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 you can't just come Friday night, you have to come Shabbos day. What about Shal You need Shal Shittas? What Judah? No, non-judgmental. Says the Babish Rebbe, because the Yisod is that I know that if my emissaries start this way, the Kirov rate is unbelievable. And let me ask you a question. What if I were to say to you, quote unquote, he didn't make this guy from, but now this guy's putting tefillin on every day. His kids are going to the Beit Chabad for school. How can you tell me that's not successful? Right? That's the Yisod HaYisodot. That's the Ignan over here. You have a tafkid to do. The Rebbe Shalom gave you all a tafkid to do. But don't sell yourself short and say, well, I'm not Moshe. Maybe you're not even like Aaron. There are sometimes I need this guy and sometimes I need this guy. I understand. I get it. But you can't sell yourself short. You have a tafkid to do. You never know. And I think that this is a very integral lesson. Yes, there's a great lesson here in brotherly love. There's a great lesson here in Ava because there's another level over here. And the other level is recognizing another person's talents. A Rebbe who's a good Rebbe has to realize that this Rebbe is much better at this than I am. Okay? A Rebbe has to realize this person who's 40 years younger than I am is much better at this than I am going to be. Right? Because everybody has their tafkit. It takes a big man to say to somebody else, you, 20 years younger than me, you, you, you speak to him, you'll have better effect. He's not going to listen to you. Right? It's very difficult to go to your son and say, can you talk to your brother? I think he'll understand it more from you. But to recognize as a Jew that everybody has their tafkit, where one big orchestra, as Rav Salavajik says, but each of us have an instrument to play. And when we d- join together in a minion, it's all because of the achdos of saying, he's good at this, and he's good at that, he's good at that. Nobody goes ahead and says, well, you know, I mean, Moshe was great, but you know, he couldn't do, oh, you have or oh, you have like, okay. Everybody has their tafkin. Nobody's asking you to be everything at every time. Right? Sometimes you get disheartened when you read the Sefer Achinuch, and you look at all the mitzvahs, and you say, well, I can't do that mitzvah, I can't do that mitzvah, I can't do that mitzvah, I okay, you don't have to do everything in life. Your tafkin isn't to do everything. The task is to do to be your best and believe in yourself. We spoke about this last week when we talk about this psychological aspect. Eov is actually the one that's punished the Midrashes. Zerah um, Shibshon actually discusses this in the Parsha. Because it was Eov who came up with the idea and that's why later on he'll have so many issues of himself and, his, and one of his issues will be, will be that he'll become poor because he made the Jews poor because psychologically as we pointed out last week 
He put the Jews in such a state that they didn't believe in themselves anymore. They don't want to have children anymore. See, that happens to us because we don't believe in ourselves and psychologically, ah, no. He's one of ours. It can change everything. Much better than a Rebbe can have an effect on students. Much rather, You have to realize what your task is in life. I'll tell you a final story. Final story. There is a, a very close friend of mine, Moshe Moskowitz, who lost his father this week. He's sitting Shiva. So Moshe's story is a, such an amazing story. Moshe was saved by 9-11. I'll try to tell the story very quickly. He was saved by 9-11. Came out of the building, was not a religious person, and decides that he wants to become religious. No, I'm sorry, sorry. He decides he wants to do a little bit more. He becomes religious at the end of the story. Okay, I just gave you the end. Uh, moves to a block called Rector Court and buys it because it's the only house he could afford and the only shul he knows of is Vinay Yashurin, which is like a mile and a half away and as Hashem loves him, he finds out that there's a shul on his block about to be built. Gets very close to the Rabbi Solovsky. But the point of the story is is that one of the ways that they became closer to the Rabbi Shalom is they decide to have a traditional Shabbos meal. And when his wife goes into Teaneck into the kosher supermarket with she's never been she looks like a deer in headlights. She doesn't know what to buy. She doesn't know anything. And a woman comes up to her and not only shows her, but invites her for Shabbos. But guess what? Because she looked like a normal person and not like a big... Re- the wife entertained the idea. Can you imagine going up to somebody who's not from and saying, would you like to come to my house for Shabbos? Like, okay, stranger danger. What are you doing? That's the idea. You don't know the effect in your regular clothes that you can have than someone who doesn't wear regular clothes and has a long beard. He can have the effect of it when it comes to a different... Believe in yourself, Rabbi Isai. Believe in yourself. We should be zeicha that when we understand that we have a tafkin in life, we should be zeicha to do that tafkin at the best of our ability and give nachas ruach to the Rebbe which will ultimately bring Mashiach Sidkenu b'meheir v'yameinu. Amen.